Here we go with another episode of Gonzaga Nation SI. Myself, Dan Dickow, alongside Adam Morrison on the Gonzaga Nation Media Network. We're going to get into all things uh, PK85, a little bit of Thanksgiving recap. But first question, Mo, a lot of times we try to meet in person and record uh, in in person. Um, But there's times that we can't due to weather, due to travel. Um, today we're recording on Zoom, as anybody can see, but you've got a FC Chelsea banner behind you. The World Cup's going on right now, and are you following it? Or what what are your thoughts on, on, on the World Cup so far? Uh yeah, obviously a big soccer fan, have been for about a decade plus, more of a club soccer guy. Um, obviously I'll watch the World Cup. I like the Euros as well. Copa America's good. Um Big, big game today with USA Iran. Um, I think they let themselves or put themselves in a precarious position in that uh, 1-1 tie versus Wales. They had control of that game. Obviously, you'll take a draw against England every single time. On paper, we should beat Iran, but they have the advantage of, of getting a draw um, themselves. So it's going to be interesting to see tactically what they do. Uh, if they park the bus or if they, you know, try to go for one goal and then, and then play defensive. But it's been a good tournament so far. A lot of interesting storylines. Germany barely uh, surviving so far. Um, obviously, that loss with Argentina early in Saudi Arabia, um, the first game, and then um, you know Japan beating Germany. So it's a wide open tournament. It's fun. You know, I'm not a huge soccer guy. It's the first sport I grew up playing because I think a lot of parents it's a chance to put them in a in a team environment, kind of learn from coaches. Um, but I will follow when it's a, like a national team. Cause I think it's, it's unique. It's kind of like the Olympics. It's uh, every, uh, four years or so, but, uh, you mentioned they're playing us versus Iran. I played for team USA on basketball in the world university games. We played Iran years ago. I got a chance to, to talk with three or four of their guys, um, after the game. Um, did you ever get a chance to, to, represent team usa in any type of events yeah i played uh going into my sophomore year summer i played on the i think it was a world cup qualifying team we had chris paul sean may it was a bunch of pros Sean mccants was on that team um yeah it was it was a fun experience we played in canada so we didn't really get the full european experience obviously stayed in north america but it was a good experience and then you know obviously i tried out i did the uh, the Team USA in 06 um, deal when they started doing the re- Redeem team and all that stuff. So it was a, it's been fun to be a part of that. Looking back at it, it's a cool experience for anybody to uh, obviously represent your country. But you get to meet, uh, like you said, people from different cultures. Then you realize how good uh, other countries are at basketball as well. So it's yeah. kind of an eye-opening experience. Well, it was crazy for me because we we spent over two weeks in Beijing, China. And this was pre olympics uh and so everything was basically booming with construction uh years later i went back there in in a training camp preseason with the golden state warriors and saw the kind of the aftermath the effects of all that construction and it was mind-boggling what what the change was um but we played iran and and we beat them by 70 80 points i've since reconnected with one of those players we played against and this is how funny the the world of sports is. It can connect people. So I've had him on a as a guest on my podcast uh, maybe six eight months ago or so. But they bought into absolutely everything they could figure out about finding out about basketball, whether it was Michael Jordan and the Bulls, whether it was. 
college basketball at the time. I didn't remember this, and he reminded me. I gave away a pair of Jordan shoes and a Jordan replica jersey to to two of his teammates, and he remembered it because those things were hard to come by at that time. It to me, it's just kind of a, an amazing story about how basketball and sports can kind of tie cultures together. Did you experience that, or have you experienced it with your basketball travels? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, I played overseas. Um... You know, so that I uh, played in Serbia and Turkey. So it was a totally different, uh, you know, culture and, and way of life uh, compared to the States. Um, it also makes you realize how great this country is when you come back yes. or just the simplicities of it or the, you know, how, you know, how much stuff's in the stores and how available things are. It's compared to other countries. So, yeah, it. it traveling the world to play hoops is uh, definitely something that you look back on and thankful for because it does connect you and um, put you in touch with people you'd never have an opportunity to do that with. Yeah. You and I both could probably have multiple podcasts just on experiences through the game of basketball. Uh, And and the older you get, the more you reflect on them, at least I do and be like, man, that was pretty cool. I wish I would have been enjoyed it a little bit more while I was in the moment. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, talk about the PK-85 now. I watched the games from home. You were calling them courtside uh, or on your radio perch. You know, I think a lot of the average Gonzaga fan is disappointed in the fact that they didn't win the title. But I think for, in the long haul, I think it it it's going to serve wonders. You played a, a number of different teams. You played Portland State that plays a helter-skelter pressuring defense. You had to figure that out. You played a Big Ten team in Purdue with a 7-4 guy, Zach Eady, who's potential All-American, who's a bruiser. And then you played an Xavier team with Sean Miller as the head coach, who knows Gonzaga as well as anybody because of the Gonzaga-Arizona battles. Um, what what did you see when you were down there in Portland? Well, I thought it was interesting, um, you know, obviously having the first game on Thanksgiving night. We didn't get – the original tip time was 9.30, and it got moved to 10 because of the slide – you know, with all the TV games. Um, so that was an interesting dynamic going into it because uh, earlier in the day, North Carolina and uh, I believe it was Portland, struggled, they struggled with Portland or it was Duke and Portland and then it was North Carolina and Oregon State. They struggled, you know, the, the main teams, those two teams struggled. So it was a little worrisome um, having a longer routine for these guys and then playing a team that you're supposed to beat, you know, where the number's probably 35 and, um it was, you know, a little nerve wracking, but I was really impressed with how our guys, like you said, handled the pressure. They jumped on them early, kind of took the, took away the belief. We always talk about that on the radio. You understand that as well as with smaller teams that are, you know, not in your league athletically and skill wise, still good basketball players. But you want to take away their belief. If you give them an opportunity to um, you know, feel good about themselves and then they start realizing we have nothing to lose, you know, it can become a battle. So I was really impressed with how our guys handled that first game. Um, you know, like I said, it's weird having a, a later routine. I know people might think that it's no big deal, but, you know, normally your game's at 6 to 7.30, yeah. so you have your nap time, you have your meal, you have your shoot-around. Um, that All that stuff becomes, um, you know, moved further along, and it can affect your body or just affect your mindset. Um, so I was impressed with that. Going into that game, we watched, you know, Huddy and I are doing our broadcast. We get, we catch the second half of Purdue West Virginia live. And I'm not just saying that 
because it's the Monday morning quarterback the day after, a few days after, is Purdue looked really good in that game. Yeah. It was a scary matchup going into it. Um, highly skilled at the point guard position in the wing. The Smith kid at the point guard as a freshman was fantastic. Uh, lawyer kid on the on the wing was fantastic as well. Just solid, good basketball players. Really impressed with their actions that they ran. They ran a lot of floppy action with the big, so you you couldn't quite show out because he'd angle you and they throw it in. So you knew that coming in. Um, they didn't shoot it great against West Virginia, and their numbers didn't show early in the season. But they were at about thirty four percent going into that game. But it looked everything looked good. You know that that the shots were good, so you're like, okay, this is a three point shooting team, or they wouldn't be running this type of actions if they weren't. Um, and then Zach Eady's just an entity that you don't see in college basketball. You don't see seven foot plus with that level of skill set. Um, so going into the game, um, you know, I knew it would be a tough matchup. I thought, uh, you know, the pundits saying it would we could outrun them, which in theory we could, was I think a little overblown. Um, you know, and then how the game went, first half, um, you know, we jump on them 14 to 7, and there's a couple charge calls, which I think were not the greatest one. The one Malachi had where he passes to Julian for a three, he's going the opposite way when he lands and turns and a guy falls down. I hate that call. I'm sick of watching it in college basketball. If it doesn't, if it doesn't yeah. affect the play, let it go. You know what I'm saying? Or let, you know, if there's no scoring. It should be advantage, disadvantage. Like if it doesn't impact the actual scoring play, let it go. Absolutely. And it happens all the time um, in college basketball. I mean, obviously I watched 40 plus games a year and it, it, it really gets annoying. It's not even a Gonzaga thing. It's just the, you know, the flow and context of the game. We go up 14 to seven, they make a run back. That's when I think the game kind of flipped the, the other side. They started one for eight for three. And that was our advantage, Try you know, our opportunity to try to, to extend that lead. And we couldn't, um, because at, at the at the start, we're doing an excellent job against Edie with a full front or three-quarter front with the bracket on the weak side. Um, but then they started running their stuff and getting better shots. So I think in the first half, only being down five was good. Um, but I, I was just really impressed after the first half going into the second half how well Purdue started that. I mentioned they went one for eight from three. They, they finished the game nine for 18 the rest of the game from three. So they shot it well, obviously. It ended up being around their number of 35%, but, you know, obviously rest of the game, it was 50%, and they really killed us on threes. And then Edie is just a different entity, man. He's more skilled than people give him credit for. He moves better. Yeah. He reminds me of a poor man's Yao Ming, and I yeah. played against Yao Ming where he's so – it's so massive, you, you mistakenly think, ah, this guy can't move or he can't really function – and then you get out there and it's footwork and it's angles mm -hmm. and it's jump hooks and it's, it looks simple. Besides having a jump shot like Yao Ming had, that's what he reminded me of. Angle you, catch, all right, I'm getting my left shoulder, right hand jump hook, doesn't matter what you can do. And then he makes free throws as well. So tough matchup. Um, I thought our guys battled. I wasn't impressed with how our wing play was. I mean, Rashir was four for 12. Uh, Julian was one for six and Malachi was one for five. And I think Hunter was one for five. So Nolan played great. And then obviously Drew played great. But if you can't shoot the ball, you know, from the perimeter against a team that likes to load up and kind of plug and jam the middle makes it tough. So I wasn't, 
I wasn't shocked at the scoreline, to be honest. Uh, and it's not a knock on our team. I think it's a, it was more of a tough matchup type of deal. Big 10 teams are always physical. They bog you down. Um, and then, like I said, they run good action. So it was, it was disappointing, but it wasn't a shock to me. And I think Purdue has been kind of one of those teams across the country that hasn't got the credit uh, over the last few years of being as good as they are, you know, yeah. I mean, they haven't broken through to a final four. I, Matt Painter is a terrific coach. People question a lot of what co- coach few was doing nationally. And even some people, unfortunately here in the Northwest that he hadn't gotten to a final four yet. A lot of those conversations are had about Matt Painter in the Midwest, but they're damn good basketball team. Um, you just, you have to have so many things fall the right way to make it to a final four. Uh, It's hard to believe. I want to stay on the Yao Ming topic. Um, You know, a couple guys that I've played against that were massive, that just like bogged down the lane, just made you like, wow. Yao Ming, Arvita Sabonis, Shaquille O'Neal are three that come to mind, but I've got a Yao Ming story that might blow your mind. Uh, I want to get your take. If you've had any interesting kind of, teammate experiences so when i was with the new orleans hornets we had a teammate that had just gotten traded from houston both john knockbar so the hornets we go to a, a houston for a road trip and Boki took myself casey jacobson and like two other teammates we went to yao's restaurant in houston mm. and yao had one or two restaurants in the city of houston that time he flew over and hired chefs straight from shanghai china to have authentic Chinese Peking duck. And so we're eating dinner in his back private banquet room, just about seven or eight of us. The tables were about three feet higher than a normal mm. table. Everyone else in the room is like six, eight and above. Yao's seven, five. I'm six foot sitting at the chairs. My feet don't hit the ground. I wish at the time we had smartphones. <laughs> yes. I wish we had smartphones at the time because it would have made for a great Instagram story. That's awesome. Yeah, no, he was he was fantastic. We, I remember playing him in Charlotte a bunch, and we had one of the best defender centers at the time, Emeka Okafor, and he just yeah. gave Emeka so many issues because of size and length. And then the thing that he did well, like I mentioned, was made free throws. So, like, he'd angle you, and then you'd get caught, and you were like, okay, I'm going to foul and put him to the line. And he was, I think, 75 80 85% free throw shooter. So, uh, I think a highly underrated, you know, big guy, he's a hall of famer. So obviously he got his recognition, but you know, if his body didn't betray him, he'd be, you know, thought of more as, you know, more of the all time, all time greats. But yeah. uh, Edie just had that same body type seven, four, 300 pounds, but it's not 300 pounds. It's out of shape. It's just wide trunk, big legs, you know what I mean? And just solid. And then I was really impressed with his left hand or his left shoulder, right hand jump hook. I mean, it went in, I think it was 10 for 16 and he started the game 0 for 3. So, right, do the math. The rest of the game, he was uh, knocking those down. And like I said, I think it was a matchup issue. If we play better on the perimeter, the game's closer. Um, But um, like I said, you know, and it's funny too, at the start of the season, you don't know how good some of these teams are at these Thanksgiving tournaments, right? So like Purdue is 24th but they lost three other starters. So you go into the season going, well, who knows, mm-hmm. but they emerge as that's a top 10 team, top 15 team, at least all year long. That's a three seed or better. Um, so it's funny when you get into these people are like, how are you, 
losing to that team, it's like, well, we don't really know who's good. We've only played three or four games. You're banking on they got freshman backcourt, but if they're going to Purdue, and you know how it is now, most of the kids are ready to go as freshmen, right? You know, very rarely, I, I think more in the big uh, aspect, you got to, you know, kind of prepare them for that. But like you see high school kids now, you coach your sons, like if he's going somewhere, he's probably ready to go as a freshman, right? Um, and those two kids in the backcourt were. Yeah. Hey, real quick before we jump uh, jump off and finish this episode, Andrew Nemhart last night hits a game winner against the Lakers over the top of, of LeBron James. Gonzaga fans are, are going crazy, obviously enjoying it on social media. Tell me, tell me about uh, any game winners that you had. I remember the Oklahoma State battle in Seattle game winner at the buzzer were there any others that you have that stick in your mind uh yeah i hit one in uh my sophomore year against san francisco at home with like three tenths seconds left after i made it um that was cool to do it at home i had i think i had a couple i never had any like true buzzer beaters you know i had go-aheads you know, and then end up winning and stuff like that but i never had you know one like andrew so it was pretty special it was cool to see um, him get some opportunity too. I think he's going to have a chance to, you know, climb into that rotation, um, you know, with Indiana because they gave him a big contract as a second round uh, draft pick. I think it was the highest one that's ever been given out guaranteed wise. So, uh, you know, Nolan's played great this season, but it's funny how you realize how good Andrew was. I mean, I understand it, but our fans like, yeah. see how, <laughs> you see what yeah. it's like when you have like a steady Eddie, not, and, and, Nolan played fantastic the last three games. He's made strides. Um, he played great in, in PK-80, and he had plus 25 against Kentucky. That's not what I'm saying. But if you have a certified NBA guy that's going to be a rotational player in your backcourt, it, it kind of shores up some of the ills that we're seeing early in this season for us. Yeah, 100%. I, I mean, I don't think Andrew Nemhart got the credit he deserved because the year with Jalen Suggs, if you watch closely, every important possession – Nemart had the ball in his hands and yeah. it's not taking it away anything away from Jalen Suggs. And then last year, you know, Drew Timmy and Chet Holmgren got a lot of the, the, the praise, which is fine. And, you know, but Nemart was spectacular himself. So um, yeah, it's awesome to see those game winners. It's fun to hear your recollection of a couple of those yourself. So appreciate the time for Gonzaga nation SI. He's Adam Morrison. I'm Dan Dickow. Join us again later in the week when we chat about Baylor, as well as some of our favorite gems.